0: Welcome to Piano Rhapsody, an amateur's guide to classical piano. This is a podcast where you follow the musical journey of an amateur piano player who's striving to play advanced-level works one day, specifically Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is where the podcast gets its name. Every week, we break down one of the pieces that I encounter along the road to this goal, ranging from the 18th century all the way up to modern day. We'll explore the history surrounding the work, examine the music within, and hopefully we all walk away a little more informed and appreciative of classical music. This is episode 25.2, the second episode of a series where we are learning a bit more about the life, music, and influence of Romantic-era Norwegian composer Edvard Grieg. One of Grieg's major contributions to the piano were a collection of 66 short works that he titled his Lyric Pieces, We heard an example from this collection during the last episode, and this time we're going to check out two more. But first, let's pick up where we left off, with a young Edvard getting accepted into the Leipzig Conservatory, with a bit of help from a famous family member. The Leipzig Conservatory was the finest music school in Germany, and it had some of the most famous teachers throughout Europe. Grieg arrived bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, Like a squirrel with big dreams. This ambition didn't translate well to academic success, however. He was a young and lazy student who did not gel with the competitive conservative environment at the conservatory. He wrote that he left Leipzig just as ignorant as he entered it, but he had the self-awareness to blame himself for his experience in this piece of harsh self-criticism. I was a dreamer, without any talent for the battle of life. I was awkward, sluggish, unattractive, and quite unteachable. I myself had no idea of what I wanted. Despite this negative self-evaluation, he ended up graduating from the conservatory with the reputation as an outstanding pianist with a significant musical talent. After school, he immediately returned back home to Norway and he gave a public concert, including some of his own compositions. The local newspapers predicted a bright future for the 19-year-old composer, and they found hope in their young, budding cultural icon. Even though Grieg had a warm welcome back home, the Norwegian government had no money for him to continue his studies. So he moved to Copenhagen in Denmark, where he had some family friends. Copenhagen was a snug fit for Grieg, as it was also a home away from home for many of Norway's intellectual and artistic elite. Here he encountered 22-year-old Norwegian composer Richard Nordrak, the man who composed Norway's national anthem. Grieg described it as one of the most beautiful and original to be found in any country. Nordrak, however, was not quite as impressed with Grieg. He thought he was trying too hard to be original, and wished he would just relax. Grieg took this criticism to heart, and he started writing music in the vein of Norwegian folk melodies and dances, music that channeled the traditional instrument of Norway, the hardanger fiddle, and wasn't afraid to buck the Germanic melodic principles that were drilled into him at the conservatory. Along with his friend Nordrak, Grieg started a music society in Copenhagen to promote Scandinavian music. They planned on touring Europe during the winter, but tragedy struck. Nordrak developed tuberculosis and died. Grieg, grief-stricken, lamented that it was the saddest news that could strike me. Nordrak is dead. He, my only friend, my only great hope for our Norwegian art, and I do not have a single person here who can truly understand my sorrow." He immediately put grief to the page and wrote one of his most poignant works, The Funeral March for Ricard Nordrak. After the deaths of his mentor, Ule Bull, and his friend, Richard Nordrak, Edvard Grieg was finally pushed away from the Germanic school of Romanticism and entered the expressive, majestic soundscape of his homeland. But even though these two men had an enormous role in the foundation of Grieg's career, they did not hold a candle to the tumultuous relationship Grieg had with a woman named Nina Hagrup. Nino was a Norwegian singer that Grieg described as the light of my life. My songs come to life as if they were the products of a natural law, and all of them were written for her. She was his light, his muse, and she was also his cousin. But that didn't stop these two. They were married in Copenhagen in the year 1867. Their parents did not attend. Not fans of incest, I suppose. The newlywed Greeks started a touring show. The stage was their second home. The Husband and Wife Act traveled all throughout England and Europe. They were once described as looking more like brother and sister than husband and wife. Hmm. Not far from the truth. Nina's vocal prowess garnered mixed reviews, but her husband fervently defended her against the unfavorable critics. All was not well backstage with the cousin couple, however. Cracks began to form within their union. Nina described their marriage after Edvard's death. We lived like cat and dog, she says. We were both so unfaithful, and both so jealous. She had an affair with Edvard's own brother, and Edvard fell for a young painter. He desired to follow his young paramour to Paris in the early 1880s, but his friends talked him out of it and blowing up his life. Despite their infidelities, the Griegs remained together for 43 years, their marriage indeed lasting until Edvard's death did them part. In addition to leaving behind his wife, Nina, Grieg left behind a collection of short pieces called his Lyric Pieces, 66 piano works that were written across 10 volumes. Today, we're going to discuss two entries from this collection. The first is a selection from Volume 4 of the Lyric Pieces, a work called Little Bird. On top of incorporating Norwegian folk music into his work, Grieg also had a strong affinity towards nature. He once wrote that his musical mission was to set the North's nature in sound. Sometimes he weaved these ideas subtly as abstract layers within his work. Like in A Bird Cried Out, where he uses the echo of a seagull's cry gradually fading over a vast ocean as a symbol for the loneliness of the human condition. But in the work we're going to hear today, Little Bird, it's less existential and more of a concrete example. From the opening moments in this piece to the end, it's essentially mimicry of bird noises To imitate the sound of birds, Grieg utilizes a lot of rapid oscillations between two notes in the upper register. This short piece doesn't really deviate from this formula, as it depicts a small audio snapshot of the Norwegian landscape. This is Little Bird, from Volume 4 of Grieg's Lyric Pieces, Opus 43, Number 4. The second lyric piece that we're gonna listen to today is also inspired by nature, but it's more akin to Grieg's goal of spreading cultural awareness of Norwegian folk music. It can be found in volume three of the lyric pieces, and it's called Solitary Traveler. It paints the picture of a traveler or hiker who's exploring the Norwegian countryside alone. I imagine a landscape of snowy mountains and wildlife a classic portrait of Norway. And instead of directly pulling sounds from nature and turning them into music, Grieg was inspired by a classic Norwegian folk song in this piece, evidenced by a melody that we can easily hear being played by a hardanger fiddle. So here's another example of a Norwegian soundscape. This is Solitary Traveler from Volume 3 of Grieg's Lyric Pieces, Opus 43, number 2. The next episode will conclude the story of Grieg's life, and hear one of his lyric pieces that was not in fact inspired by his homeland of Norway, but the country of Italy. Talk to you then. You can find the standalone recording of the piece we discussed today directly in the podcast feed. Check out Piano Rhapsody on SoundCloud for all the tracks here on this podcast and more. You can find me on Twitter at Piano Rhapsody, or email me at rhapsodypodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, the best way to support the podcast is to hit the subscribe button on your podcatcher and consider rating or reviewing. It's the easiest way to never miss a new episode, and it helps the podcast gain more visibility. Thank you, as always, for your time and your ears. And remember... The piano keys are black and white, but they sound like a million colors in your mind.